You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Hold one, Andre! Don't tell me! Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Hit the Books, the only weekly realistic fantasy booking podcast in the known WWE universe. That is right. Every single week we book our own versions of this god dang product. I cannot believe it, Mikey. Another week, another <laughs> batch of releases, my dude. This is this is this is part of the reason we're ending the show. We can't just keep associating <laughs> ourselves with a company that's doing shit like this constantly. It's it is uh, another week. I believe last week we started off talking about uh, Bray Wyatt's release, and now yeah. here we are again with twelve, thirteen more uh, gone. Unbelie- actually, actually unbelievable. Like I literally cannot deal with this anymore this is why i've unfollowed wwe on everywhere i don't even care about keeping up anymore mm-hmm. uh we are no we're ending the show because i think me and you both have had enough of this stupid company and what they're doing uh so yeah fuck wwe and i will stand by that till the end of then now and forever i will stand by fuck wwe what an what an entrance to this podcast what a what a vinegar that uh mikey is bringing to this show right off the bat and he he, he doesn't care he shrugged his shoulders he doesn't care mikey i want to tell you this uh between 20 the, the years of 2020 and 2021 wwe released 110 superstars gross uh which you know for a company for a company who says they're making record profits yes and all of these reasons are budget cuts of course um but uh, to put it in perspective because it you know for a very long time WWE was like just uh, filling up their warehouse with uh individuals 
um, and not cutting anyone for a if long I while. If I can't have them, nobody else can, exactly. says Vince McMahon. Between 2014 and 2019, WWE released roughly 120, 10 more than uh, what they've released in the past two years. They It spent five years to release 10 more people than they have released in the last two years. That's how close it is. That's not uh, normal business for any company, according to Reddit Squared Circle. Um... Yeah, it's not great. A uh, list of people that have been released. Let me pull that up as well, because it is quite the list here, Mikey. Uh, and only mm-hmm. three of those people that have been released affects our show proper. So I guess we'll talk, uh, eulogize them more uh, in a way. Um, uh, but the list of people that have been released are Denzel Dujanet, which I believe his name was. I forget his name, his actual name. I just have Denzel Dujanet written down here. Uh, but we also got Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, Jake Atlas, Ari Sterling, Kona Reeves, the late great Kona Reeves, Leon Ruff, Stephen Smith, who was a referee, Tyler Rust, Zachariah Smith, Asher Hale, Giant Zangier, and Mercedes Martinez. Mikey, um, just on a full scale, you've already gave your thoughts on um, uh, on the whole feelings in general. And I just, I'll just give like the, the alternate... Not This is like the devil's advocate take that I don't necessarily agree with, but it, like the business sense of it makes sense, um, is that um, WWE posted record profits last year. And if, the, if you want to give any substantial evidence to the to the budget cut argument is that they hit substantial profits last year. They obviously for investors and stockholders, they want to uh, also hit those same numbers and even probably be bigger than last year. And with the additional expenses of uh, crowds coming, you know, the live event touring and uh, live shows, which was always a negative profit. uh, They would lose money on doing the house shows. Um, uh, to try to maximize that money, the best thing to do for business would be to cut a bunch of people. A bunch of a bunch of business. This isn't like a WWE thing. A bunch of businesses do that when they have record profits. There's, the next year, they typically cut people uh, as a result of it. Um, that's that's capitalism, baby. I hate it. Uh, but w- Mikey, you, you know, go ahead. You had a thing. I was gonna say WWE is no longer a company who gives a shit about their fans. All they care about is their shareholders, and that's just something we gotta deal with. Which is why I'm pretty much done with them at this point because I realize that me as a me who was a fan of WWE, uh, it, I don't I don't matter to them. They don't care. They don't give a shit about what we want. They just wanna make sure they make money and make their shareholders happy. Uh, and I would argue, they Mikey, they don't, they don't give a shit about us. So, Mikey, I would argue that uh, WB has not given a shit about their fans since they became yeah, publicly it, traded. It, it, since the network happened, they've been not. They haven't cared about them. We are there. Uh, WrestleNomics is a great podcast, and what they devised was like the WrestleNomics like um, pyramid of WB like caring. And you know who's on the bottom of that period of who they care the most or who they care the least is the, the fans. fans. They don't. They don't care about the fans. You know, number one you know, is the stockholders. Number two is the advertisers, and it just goes down from there. At least, at least it wasn't so obvious before, <laughs> but now it's like they're just constantly spitting in our face. It definitely feels that way. It definitely feels that way. But at the end of the day, this is the business of WWE. Um, thank God. All I want to say is thank God for all the wrestling there is. Thank God WWE isn't the only option anymore. Yeah, no, I think that's the most thankful. And obviously, um, 
Well, I mean, obviously with the advent of AEW, one would argue that they probably wouldn't have hired all of, you know, the majority of, you know, not to say the majority of who they hired, but they probably would not have hired uh, that massive amount of people in the past couple of years. They probably would have slowed it down a little bit more. Yeah, because their business model was uh, like a kid on the playground who's hogging all the wrestling action figures, only playing with like five of them, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then when someone's like, hey, can I borrow one of those that you're not using? They're like, no, they're mine. Get out of here. Yeah. It's like, But you're only playing with those five over there and you don't even care about the rest of them. Yeah. And it's like, no, they're still mine. Mikey's 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 got vinegar. He's got I'm so mad. I'm so fucking mad. I'm so tired of <laughs> I'm so tired of waking up every day to be, to see these mass releases and see all these people losing their livelihoods because WWE is fucking evil. The bright side about AEW and uh you know the rising all ships is that luckily you know, these livelihoods are not going to be completely lost. Many of these people will probably will most likely find jobs in other American wrestling promotions, find jobs across the country, across maybe international lines as well. Some people might just move on into something else. You know, that's fair, especially a lot of like the trainees, um, people that were learning from the ground up. Uh, I expect that those people will probably, um, you know, uh, move on, do something else with their lives. But that, you know, that's fine. That's they're they're just they were basketball players or footballers to begin with. So it's not like, you know, th- this was probably a huge passion for them. Um, so, you know, it's that them's the breaks um, before we go through the list of people here and just give our thoughts real quickly on some of the bigger names, Mikey. Also, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not coming at any wrestlers who wrestle for WWE. A lot of them are great people. Awesome people. Um, who are just doing what they love and are just kind of trapped under this company, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess not trapped because they're making, you know, billions of dollars. But, um, you know, it's like a lot of the wrestlers in WWE right now are good, decent people who love wrestling and have a passion for wrestling. And those people I respect. It's just the company and the corporate that I'm mad at. Yeah. Um, according to Wrestling Observer, this was this came out last Saturday night, early Sunday morning on last week. Uh, is talking about the uh, future of NXT, as it were. Mikey, have you seen this yet? Yeah, I have, and I'm not happy about it. Uh, Vince and Tri- uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels didn't pick these cuts. This was all Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, uh, John Laurinaitis did this. Uh, I I would even I would also imagine Nick Khan because Nick Khan was the person who also is in charge. Uh, he's the president, so obviously he's his mandate is we need to cut people. So. Uh, this is all, I would throw his name in that bucket as well, but Wrestle Observer did not. So I would, I would still do that personally. Um, so they're going to change back to the older style style of development, Mikey, you know, back in the eighties, the nineties, we're taught, or even more in the most recent time. Remember your Mason Ryan types. Remember those guys? Uh, of course, mm-hmm. you know, OVW churned out Cena and Batista and Brock Lenzer, but we got a bunch of other nonsensical guys that were just big musclehead dudes that just were really bad. We're talking, you know, your Mason Ryans, your Curtis Axels, which you, not really, you know, he's a he's a secondhand guy that I would say is not necessarily the, as great as his father, but, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. We're talking big guys and young guys. Uh, we're talking early days of NXT where that's when we say early days, we're saying the Curtis Axel era back when it was, you know, it's still pretty good NXT, but a lot of the NXT was, um, uh, also bolstered up by, uh, the, some indie talent, uh, mm-hmm. back in that day as well. Um, so basically they saw the NXT that everyone loved and adored and went, fuck that. 
Uh, basically, I would say. I saw uh, the edit. The popular NXT and was like, "That's bullshit." We're gonna go back to the shitty one. Well, it, it's. I would argue. Well, no. I'll, let me continue what I was saying. So, uh, so we're talking pre. You know, let's out into the indies uh, NXT or pre AEW, pre getting all the indie stars going back to the Curse Axel era. Uh, the there's a what seems like a memo is what he read off uh, as a quote saying no more midgets no one starting in their 30s they want people who can be box office attractions and main characters so we're talking you know big tall over six foot guys 200 300 plus pound all pure muscle probably young uh, attractive good looking people you know, your your Batista's Brock Lenzer's John Cena. You know, you were the, where the wrestling talent is second in a wrestling company. Uh, well, to be fair, WWE has always been about looks. Um, That's true. Uh, so yeah, the little word literal wording there is no more midgets, and we're saying that in 2021. Uh, all of this is very funny, of course, as Dave notes in the Wrestling Observer that they still want to try to keep Adam Cole. Uh, rumors are that he was offered a million dollar contract to stay and be on the main roster. So it's like, oh, here we are. We want to give a million dollars to Adam Cole, but here we are. We're going to fire a bunch of people that are fit your bill. Uh, you know, and that's not me discriminating Adam Cole. Adam Cole's not tall. Adam Cole's not hugely muscular, but they want to give him a million, a Braun Strowman esque contract to Adam Cole. Uh, so that's just very, uh, very fun. Um, I forgot what my point was going to go back to what you were saying, uh, that they spat on it. I would, uh, I think the problem, there's NXT has got a lot of problems, and it just, I think the problems got worse and worse as the years went on, uh, especially with I missed NXT and, when it was on WWE Network. That was that was when I think that was NXT's golden era. I think NXT like that like Shin, like Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn and above is like NXT golden un, until like a little bit before the USA days was like NXT golden time. Like think about it, we got Alistair we got Alistair Black on Andrade, we got Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. Like we had so many good things on NXT. Well, I would argue, Mikey, just went to shit. Mikey, I would argue that. Um... Alistair Black, in, I would argue in terms of the devil's advocate, in terms of Je- Vince's advocate here, uh, that those type of people, Alistair Black and Johnny Gargano, has made uh, their developmental system bad. According, to, I, would, I would argue that Vince McMahon would see Johnny Gargano, which, who has never been called up to the main roster, nor is Gargano apparently want to, I would argue that Alistair Black... I wonder, gee, I wonder why. I would argue that he, Vince would say Alistair Black was a bad person to pick up and not worth it because we see what happens when he goes to the main roster. We see who, who these guys were. Yeah, we all thought NXT was awesome with Alistair Black and, and all those guys in there. When Adam Cole was down there, Undisputed Era, all those guys. But I would argue that Vince doesn't agree with that. Um, going back to your thing, though, real quickly about like the spitting on, I think the NXT has got a lot of issues and it was a domino effect of issues. I think one of the issues that I strongly believe in is that, uh, exposing the ratings for NXT by going off of the network and going into actual TV hurt NXT greatly. Um, because I, you know, I ran the math one time, you know, this was like a year or two before the USA network. It was just like, oh, there's like a million and a half people watching the network. Uh, this was, I ran the math after there was that one Monday night raw where they brought on Ciampa, Gargano, Ricochet and Aleister Black. And the, and the, and there was, the crowd got like, the crowd had apparently no idea who they were and everyone dogged on the crowd for be like on Twitter was like, Oh, how do you not know who the cra- these guys are? And I was doing the math. I was like, 
you know, there's a good chance that crowd doesn't know who they are because there's a good chance the main roster crowd doesn't watch NXT. WB Network was a million, 1.5 million people at the time. Um, the ratings around the time were around 3 million. So half, assuming, assuming, Mikey, that everyone that subscribes to the network, all 1.5 million of those people watched NXT weekly, would still only be half of the main roster viewers. And that was years ago. Now I've no, it's probably worse. So uh cuz cuz now we know that NXT isn't watched by a million and a half people. Now we know it's watched by 600,000 people on average. Uh so I would argue that is like you said, I think exposing it to USA Network and finding out how many people actually watch this and being like, "Oh," and then also then getting destroyed by AEW the same breath didn't help them. Um it's Yeah, I get, I feel like uh, yeah, I guess it's just all it's just all about how many views you get it's never it's never about putting on a good story anymore or making sure the wrestling is good or making sure everything makes sense and having a nice loyal fan base it's about just it's about quantity not quality ever well that's that's wdb's uh motive right now is is to be a content generation machine and uh content is king right now as you as we all know with wdb's uh tv rights fees and that's what's getting them all of their money Content is king, and the man running the content is uh, still stuck in the 80s mindset, so the content is bad. Yeah. Uh, so talking about WWE releases real quick, I already gave that list off. Uh, some big names here, Mikey. I just want to get your get get some thoughts around some of these guys. Uh, some smaller guys on this list that I want to talk about, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, Asher Hale, Tyler Rust, uh, Leon Ruff, and I'm going to throw in Ari, Ari Sterling in there as well. Uh, these are Alex all Zane. Alex Zane, uh, <laughs> Sterling, what a terrible name. Um, though these four guys, uh, were four people that recently signed up with NXT. Some of which, uh, like as early as last year, like October of 2020, early as this year, uh, they've barely been in NXT for a long time. There, there were big names on the, on the indie scene. Tyler Rust, I really enjoyed when he was in New Japan Strong. Asher Hale, uh, one half of the tag team with uh, J.D. Drake, the workhorsemen, who are an amazing indie tag team. Uh, Leon Ruff came in and won the North American Championship, and then he lost it, and then he disappeared off of NXT television, and he was never seen since. And then Ari Sterling, the day he got released... Uh, an hour later, he had his 10th televised match for 205 Live for WWE for NXT uh, against Kushida uh, in a losing effort. But, you know, Mikey, thoughts on those four guys? Any, any thoughts on them? I I just hope they do great things wherever else they go, and I sh- I'm sure they will uh, in a company that actually gives a- two shits about them and isn't just using them to hoard a bunch of talent. Do you think any of these guys will go to you know AEW, MLW, Impact, any of these bigger name promotions, or stay go just go back to the indies? I think they're I think I think so. I think they're probably just gonna go back to the indies for a while. Mm-hmm. I can see Tyler Russ like, back like, in New Japan strong just because yeah. you know, and maybe maybe Alex Zane as well since he was also there. I just feel like why at this point, why the fuck would anyone ever want to sign with WWE again after seeing that they signed people and then release them right away? Yeah. Like why like what how could anybody ever still wanna be like, I wanna be a WWE superstar? Like they're ruining WWE is ruining themselves by these constant releases because they're making it so inconsistent. The fact that they hire people and then like a few months later, they're like, okay, bye. Get out of here. See ya. Fuck you. Yeah. Job security is not really a thing anymore in WWE. 
No. So it's like, why the fuck would anyone ever want to sign with them ever again after this? Uh, another name on this list that uh, we really enjoyed, Kona Reeves, the finest, gets released. <laughs> no! The finest. Can you believe it? The Ryan. end of the era of Kona is over. Ryan, the end of the end of Kona. Re- Co- okay, so is it is it fitting that Kona Reeves gets released towards the end of Hit the Books? Yeah, while quite fitting. The start of Hit the Books was basically just a big Kona Reeves joke. Yeah, no, yeah, we we talked about it before. Kona Reeves, uh, just when we were testing out the show, we were testing out the randomizer stuff. Kona Reeves got drafted up by the randomizer to to SmackDown. We just thought it was super funny, and he's been a meme for us all show. And as we're winding down for Hit the Books here, uh, Kona Reeves gets released. So I'm not, I don't know if they're coincidence. I really hope this wasn't the Hit the Books prediction machine <laughs> in full effect. Um, it happens a lot. It happens uh, a lot. It's, so that's an upsetting loss, Kona Reeves. <laughs> Maybe. I think Kona Reeves uh, could be great AEW dark contender. Uh, so I would love to see him. I think him, Kona, put Kona Reeves in GCW. Why not? I would love that. <laughs> I think that'd be hilarious. Uh, Mercedes Martinez, uh, a huge name on this list, in my opinion. Um, did not, we do not have her on our ro- rosters, but I think she's a very solid star. Uh, I think saw, I saw someone tweet out that, uh, her and another person that got released, Jake Atlas, but her, uh, you know, it was one of those one of those bad memes uh, of like, you know, com- companies in June versus companies in July where everyone puts their, you know, like, oh, these are Mercedes Martinez and Jake Atlas are WDB LGBTQ representatives. And then in August, they both get cut. They both get released. So, you know, I'm that's surprised they didn't release Sonya Deville. Hey, so, well, I remember, I remember in June they released a Sony Deville article saying that she was the first openly LGBTQ wrestler for the company, and everyone was like adding it, like, "Yo, what about Darren Young, <laughs> Fred Rosser?" Like, what? uh, yeah, like, uh, no, there's been more. Yeah, uh, there's definitely. Like, I know, been I know you like to. I, I know Vince, you like to think gay people are don't exist, but. Yeah, it turns out they do. And they work for you, dude. And you just cut two of them. Uh, but Mercedes, but it's not just about her uh, her sexuality. It's about Mercedes Martinez is an amazing wrestler. I would say a legend of indie wrestling. I could definitely see her continuing. I, I could also see her retiring. I mean, she's been wrestling. She's going to for... be the Joker card again. <laughs> oh, I think she, if if it all depends on whether or not she gets healed, which is just, another just point. Just like you said. Uh, like, I think you tweeted on her account on Twitter that she's gonna be that she has the potential to be the Joker card two years in a row. She easily could. She easily could come out. She she came out. Uh, she came out uh, as the Joker card at All Out in 2019, 2021. She can come out again as the Joker, uh, which I think would be perfectly great. Obviously, it all depends on whether or not she gets healed in time, because Mikey. Uh, in case you don't remember, Mercedes Martinez was injured in a match at L- in NXT against Zia Lee, where she gets she got like knocked out and has a concussion. I, I think she might have broken her jaw or something. Either way, uh, she got released while injured by working for that company. Um, one would argue it's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Um, but typically WWE and NXT, they don't necessarily, when someone gets injured, but they want to release them, they typically wait. I remember there was a, there were these twins that one of them was injured. One of them was not. They were a tag team. Uh, so they released one of the brothers and then the other one healed up and then they released him. 
Um, this, that's not a typical thing of releasing people who are injured. They typically are like, we will help pay for, you know, you know, help make sure you're okay. And then we'll release you. But, uh, this is, this is a very sucky situation for Mercedes Martinez. Very great wrestler. I love, I I expect more from her. I could also see her retiring, but I can expect more from her. I think pick her up in AEW as a trainer. That's what I would do as a coach. Yeah, I can see that. Seems like a good spot for her. Um, you know, 40 years old, uh, you know, I could see her becoming a coach for any company. Um, moving into the people that we had that we've been using, uh, let's talk about, uh, well, we talked about them already. Jake Atlas, Jake Atlas, uh, cut from WWE, from NXT, um, big friends with, uh, big friends of Jungle Boy. Uh, he, he was one of those people <laughs> that we would have all expected him to go to AEW, but he wanted to go to WWE while his best friend in the world, Jungle Boy, went to AEW. Um, you know, best friend in the world. That's, you know, hyperbole, I guess. Um, Jake Atlas, uh, solid wrestler. Mikey, do you have any thoughts on Jake Atlas? Um, I mean... I I haven't seen enough of his stuff to have a good opinion on him. I'm going to be honest. Fair enough. I mean, he was barely in NXT. He like he popped up for a little bit, popped up here and there. Never really had a story. Was just kind of doing his thing. I have him on my roster. Uh, I thought he was pretty good. I had him in a tag team, so it, it was a normal normal sort of tag team there. But I enjoyed. I think Jake Atlas had something. I had plans for maybe eventually breaking him off the tag team, moving into the U.S. title picture. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, hoping that. Uh, speaking of his tag team partner in my universe, I had Bronson Reed, who also got cut by WWE. Mikey, thoughts on Bronson Reed? That's a bummer. He was, what was it? Less than forty days ago, he was just North American champion. Yes, he is. He was. He was the last North American champion uh, for NXT. Uh, literally, which, by the way, and I, and they, they really hyped it up and everything, Mikey. But I'm going to argue, and I think it's all the more apparent now that is that he was a transitional champion as ever. Wins the title, holds it for how long did he hold it for? Forty two days. Uh. He beat Johnny Gargano, held it for 42 days, lost it to Swerve Scott, and then is released after that. Bronson Reed, uh, there were um, so much, so much uh, rumors, so many rumors going around that Bronson Reed was on, had on was due for a call up. He was about to be called up. Apparently, uh, we, we don't know if that's actually true because it never now it's never going to happen. But there's rumors that like, oh, we think Bronson Reed's getting called up. He gets he goes on main event, promptly loses the ti- his North American title. Okay, so we're shedding the title so he can go up the main roster. We've seen it before, and then it gets cut. So that sucks. Uh, I you know I am on my roster as well. I had a you know I really like Bronson Reed. I think he's a pretty solid wrestler as well. Again, I didn't really have like I had like I, I was using stories with him. I just reintroduced them. I just turned Reed and Atlas heel. Uh, and now I will never be able to use them. <laughs> so that's frustrating. Uh, and yeah, then, it's, that's, that's, it's just annoying. It just sucks that you, that you were using them again. And of course it, the, the, the hammer fell again, you know? Yeah. Um, Bobby fish, uh, was the last big name on here. I would say the biggest name on here, uh, probably, uh, one fourth of undisputed era. Of course, undisputed era is no more. Uh, one half of Red Dragon, which of course is now no more because Kyle O'Reilly, cool Kyle, is still in NXT. 
Uh, Mikey Bobby Fish was a member of the SmackDown roster in our universe. You know, that's uh, it's upsetting. I, I think Bobby Fish is another guy that uh, I think is a solid player coach. Um, is a guy that like, you know, you're Christopher Daniel types. You're you're kind of guy that can go out there and teach these guys and have matches with a bunch of different people. Um, we could easily see him in AEW, I think, you know, just with his relationship. Uh, if he's a shitty person, then maybe not. I can see him on New Japan Strong. I would be love to see him with Team Filthy, maybe, or or even maybe be a challenge for Filthy Tom Lawler in New Japan Strong. Uh, just go back there, boat back in New Japan. I can see him on MLW, <laughs> quite honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's frustrating because, you know, he's also up there in age. So he's another guy that I can see maybe just being like, you yeah, know, I don't know. And maybe get, uh, you know, he's 44 years old. So I could see him also wanting to retire maybe, but I could also see him turn into a player coach type. Uh, just do and, you know, teach some more guys, open a school. I don't know what he wants to do. But, uh, you know, they they cut older people, obviously. I don't know who the youngest person on this list is. I'm going to guess I'm going to guess the youngest person on this list is probably Jake Atlas. Jake Atlas is, yeah, 26. Jake Atlas, 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how many how many how how old is Ari Sterling? Um, I'm just googling here now. I looked up Ari Sterling and doesn't even have anything. If I try Alex Zane, it probably actually gets me the little like. Oh no! Okay, there we go. He is born in 2000. Oh, that's his debut. <laughs> <laughs> I was like 2005. Alex Zane's 34. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, yeah. So upsetting day again. Will it be the last? Rumors are, if rumors are to be believed, Mikey, no. <laughs> No, sadly, it's no. Definitely not gonna be. Which sucks. Um. Yeah. The rumors. The rumors are that he is. He. You know. There's still more. Not only. Not only are the rumors saying that there's another round of releases around the corner, apparently, but the rumors are also saying that this is probably going to be a standard moving forward. Every month or so, we'll have a a round of releases. Um. Which is upsetting. Obviously, you never want to see these people go. And I think, Mikey, what you kind of also alluded to is that, like, the frustration of it all is that it's, it's you know, there is spots with AEW. There's ways to make money now and there's a, more jobs to be had. But with more and more of these ways being released, there are less and less jobs, I would argue. There's less and less spots. I would always say pick up people that you need to have, but... At the end of the day, there are less and less spots. I mean, just look at the list that are available uh, for any of these companies. There's, a, It's like 20, 30, 40 people available to you just in the past year or so. Um, mm-hmm. and we're, na- we're now just seeing like No Way Jose and Aiden English pop up in Impact. So, you know, it's, there's spots that are just more and more people are available. And it's very frustrating to, to see all that. But... All, 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 Mikey. I think the the most interesting thing is that all these people, thirty days from now, what these NXT contracts are, all thirty of these people uh, are available. The day of Effie's Effie's Big Gig Brunch in Chicago Woo! and AEW All Out. Uh, so, will we see any of those people at AEW? Will we see any of these people uh, at Effie's Big Gig Brunch? I guess we'll find out. Um, together, I guess, Mikey. Um, 
I guess we'll see. I can't wait. I can't wait to see. Where all, honestly, I'm excited for the future of a lot of these of a lot of these releases because I'm sure they're all going to do big, big and bright things. I hope so. I, I definitely believe they will. I think. I think the future is brighter than their past. If that makes sense. Yeah, me too. Uh, well, let's move on into our proper show. If you've never heard the show before, uh, what we do every single week is we, Mikey and I, book our own versions of Raw and SmackDown. Um, the product sucks. The content is awful in WWE proper. So we put our money where our mouth is and say, you know what? We can do way better than that. And every each and every week, we try our best to in, uh, succeed in that endeavor. So, Mikey, uh, we have our two cards here. We're building up to SummerSlam, which will be our final show of the program here on Hit the Books. But we are two weeks away. We got this show, we got next show, and we got SummerSlam right around the corner. So, I guess without further ado, Mikey, let's open up with Monday Night Raw. Yeah, back to the final book down, baby. Almost the final book down. We won't do that to you again. Oh, man. I I would. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Monday Night Raw opens up with a the final Raw Tag Team SummerSlam qualifier of course we're getting a fatal four-way for the Raw Tag Team Championships at SummerSlam with from the defending One Nation which is Apollo Crews and Kira Tozawa so we got the teams Mm -hmm. of Cedric Alexander Cedric Alexander yeah that's correct I I had a brain fart. Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali helmed by MVP in their corner and they're taking on Cesaro and Lashley LLC. Nice. I like this first opening match. Uh, some would say Ali and Alexander's team name should be Unlimited. Unlimited. Very good. UN Limited. Cha cha. <laughs> uh, but it is in fact Mikey, uh, the team that is to try to finish off this rivalry and move into a tag team match, a uh, tag teams championship match. It's LLC to pick up the victory. The ultimate victory, not only against Ali and Alexander, but also against uh, well, against the team itself to go on and f- challenge for the Raw Tag Team Championship. So good on LLC here. Yeah, I like it. I like LLC finally getting a big victory back here. Yes, uh, they can put Ali and Alexander in the rear view. Uh, next up, we got a video package. It's an interview with Jeff Hardy. He's at the hospital waiting room from last week. Um, he has, of course, of course, asked to provide an update on our truth. He was brutally attacked by Edge and Randy Orton. He says that only he only knows that, you know, truth is going to be fine. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, as the doc put it, you know, with our age and wrestling this long, uh, you know, he was, he's sort of unsure about truth's future in WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, Hardy is asked if uh, he has anything to say towards Edge and Orton. Hardy says that he's furious right now, and every part of me wants to hunt them down and take them out. But right now, it's not about that. Right now, I'm here for our truth, my friend, and make sure he's okay, because that's what good people are going to do for each other. Yeah, all right, I like this. So Jeff Hardy stands by our truth and stands with them in his time of need. Yes, very good. Next up, we got uh, Angel Garza. He's backstage. He's holding the United States Championship that he took uh, from the final, uh, from the match last week. Not one. Not one. He took it. The interview asked why he took the championship title. He says it's quite simple. He's manifesting his destiny. You know, this country is the country did the same thing to my people and to get what they wanted. And so, in fact, I've earned the right to do the same. 
Damn, uh, Angel Garza <laughs> taking yeah. shots. Gable, uh, Destiny states that me and my ladies will hold gold, and I'm doing so right now, in fact. So Destiny is already upon us. At SummerSlam, I want to make this official. So I'm challenging you for the United States Championship at SummerSlam. As for you, Johnny Gargano, or Mr. Wrestling, I believe you just lost your spot. Damn. Angel Garza proclaiming he's in the match now and not Mr. Gargano. Yes. Yes, exactly. He is, he is challenging, throwing the gauntlet down, that he is challenging Chad Gable for the United States Championship. He said, "Get Gargano, get to the back of the line. It's my time to shine. Exactly. That rhymed by accident. No, on purpose. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Dana Brooke with Mandy Rose taking on Natalia. SmackDown's Natalia with Charlotte Flair. That's uh, fair. And, uh, you got to build up. You got to build up the women's tag team title hype. Yes, we do because we're building. We build it up a little bit on SmackDown last week, so we're going to get up a little bit more. We got some one on one tag team or one on one singles action here, and Dana Brooke ends up getting the victory over Natalia. I like it, Ryan. You can you can use Natalia as long as I'm allowed to use somebody from Raw on my card. Uh no. <laughs> well, that sucks for you then because I did. What? <laughs> uh next up, we got uh, a backstage segment. We see Eva Marie. Uh, she's talking backstage of Cancel Ray and Gigi Dolan. Uh the interviewer Did she give them both stupid names yet? Uh what do you mean, Gigi Dolan and Cancel Ray? Yeah, they did did or it did Eva Marie give them like a dewdrop type name yet? Oh no. Did, did they lose their names and Eva Marie's like you're now uh you're now uh, lollipop and you're now and, lollipop and you're what's the uh, sweet tooth. What's the what's the spicy uh like red food? Tama- hot tamale? hot tamale. We got we got lollipop and tamale over here. <laughs> uh, the interviewer comes up, uh, but Eva shows shoes them away by saying that this is a private business meeting where you didn't get an invite. Uh, so I'm, just, I'm trying to decide what their names are. I, we're figuring this is the biz per, this is the private business meeting. I need to figure out names. So we got lollipop and I think tamale. I'm not entirely positive <laughs> here. While both of them are just like, please. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, it's uh, Johnny Gargano taking on Otis, um, uh, where uh, Johnny Gargano picks up the victory. Nice. After nice. the been good for Gargano here. After the match, he's sort of mining for that championship belt, yelling out Garza's name. In a post-match interview, uh, he says that last week he was inches away from becoming the new United States champion, and Garza ruined that from happening, or stopped that from happening. I'm not in the back of the line. I am number one in that line, both in this ring and for that title. Gable found out last week that I can take him to the limit and beat him. If it wasn't for you, I would have done it. So Garza, you will find out just that how good I am. You'll find that out next week. Nice, can't wait for that. Yes, so it got some stuff brewing here. Got some stuff brewing up. Clearly, clearly, you got, you got definitely some stuff brewing. I can't wait to see what happens after SummerSlam. Yes. I think I made that same joke last week. Possibly. Um, next up, we got a, a singles action. Drew McIntyre taking on Shanky. Shanky. Last week he took on Veer, and now we're taking on Shanky. Jinder Mahal still on commentary, and it is Drew McIntyre that still picks up the victory over Shanky. After the match, Jinder Mahal attacks McIntyre from behind with a chair, and then he goes underneath the ring uh, uh, and grabs a steel chain from under the ring ropes, uh, under the ring apron, and begins to strangle McIntyre with it. Oh no. 
This brings on the uh, match announcement, Mikey. It's going to be at SummerSlam, Drew McIntyre against Junior Mahal in a no-disqualification match. Ooh, I like it. Yes, quite quite the violence uh, here, I guess. Yes. Uh, yes, big violence. Next up uh, is a contract signing with Roman Reigns and Goldberg. Because their match is okay. official. Well, wait, hold on. Why am I doing uh, a contract It's not signing? official yet. Why am I doing a contract? the contract, right? Yes, it's a contract signing. Roman Reigns has already signed it, but now we just need Goldberg's signature. Because um, Roman signed it last week, I'm realizing mm-hmm. now. Uh, Roman says that One Nation was uh, all about one thing. Dominance. Pure dominance. This team was founded on that idea. On the idea that WWE management was holding people down. Cruz and Tozawa were out to prove not only them wrong, but all of you. And they did that by being dominant. Then a psycho joined them. A psycho with a mind so smart it's dangerous to himself. He brought that unmitigated violence to their mission. Then I walked through the door. I gave that same group the keys to leadership. I gave them the opportunities to succeed and dominate further in WWE. And now we have succeeded in our original mission and are above WWE itself. We are not only its management, we are WWE. One nation is WWE. And I am the head of the, this table. So, so Roman Reigns basically being like, I'm in charge of WWE. It's me. It was me all along, Vince. Basically. And he says he's going to protect that as lo- at all costs. For years, Goldberg, you dominated WCW. You became the mountain of that company. But the difference between you and me is that your mountain eventually crumbled and crumbled and crumbled. You became nothing but rubble. And now you enter, you have the gall to enter my ring and say that you deserve a shot at my WWE championship. This is why I believe you didn't deserve that shot, Goldberg. You were nothing like your former self. And then last week, you were finally able to show all of us that glimpse of who you were. So you're welcome, WWE Universe. You're welcome, Goldberg, for the opportunity that I am now handing to you. In on this contract, you get to fully realize your dream of facing the head of the table, the WWE champion, Roman Reigns. You're welcome. Love that. Goldberg responds asking if Roman can get his own head out from under his ass. Enough of the flowery talk. Goldberg flips the table. Goldberg says says that last week I got what I wanted and I was able to spear you for it. Imagine what I will do this Sunday. Not this Sunday. Imagine what I'll do at SummerSlam when I hit you with a spear one more time. Your days are numbered, pal. The self-righteous shit is not going to play with me, so either you give me something real or I'm going to jackhammer you right now through this ring. Damn. Roman says, good enough for me, and the two start fighting, of course. Roman ends up getting the upper hand when he ends up spearing Goldberg through a table. Roman grabs the microphone once more and tells Goldberg that the dominance is no longer on your side. At SummerSlam, you will ex- learn exactly what it truly is. Uh, and then Goldberg is probably bleeding or something, and he wipes the blood onto the contract, signing it, uh, as it were. <laughs> nice. Nice, signing it with blood. It doesn't seem like a very Goldberg thing to do, but still cool. What, what, what is signing, what's signing what with blood? 
signing the contract with blood because you said he takes the blood off his head and he like rubs it on the contract. Roman Roman takes the blood off of Goldberg's oh. head and does it. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay, very yes. very nice, very nice. Yes, but so that... Roman, this isn't legally binding. You can't sign a contract for somebody else in WWE. As long as as long as you have a sheet of paper that says the that has the picture of the event and then what the match is. Goldberg just needs Goldberg needs to go to court. This isn't legally binding. Nah, it's it's it holds up. There, there's counsel. There's counselors there. It all it's, works. The judge is Paul, so it holds up. Exactly. Um, in our main event here, Mikey, we now are at our main event time. We talked about this last week. Uh, and it's now here. It's a number one contenders match for the Raw Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley taking on Becky Lynch one on one here. Nice. Um, very. I would say a very solid match here. I would almost say that you know Rhea Ripley obviously has the size and strength, but Becky Lynch obviously the expertise, and she is working hard to grind down Rhea Ripley. However, uh, they, you know, the two fall outside of the ring. They take it outside a little bit. They're fighting out the outside. Lynch, Lynch re-enters, but as the ref is looking on at Lynch to make sure she's okay, Liv Morgan <gasps> runs out of nowhere with a kendo stick and nails Rhea Ripley in the back of the leg, right in that hamstring. Ripley falls down, does not make the 10 count. The referee didn't see it. Becky Lynch wins and is your new number one contender. Oh wow, Liv Morgan putting Becky Lynch in that uh, the hot seat here. She basically handed Becky Lynch the number one contendership. Yes, yes, she handed it to Becky Lynch and took it away from Rhea Ripley. So yes, congratulations to Becky Lynch. That means at SummerSlam is going to be Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship. Ooh, big money match! Huge money match, in my opinion. Yes, uh, it's a really good uh, match there. Uh, it just those two, we've seen it before in real life. They could legit go. Yeah. So let's give them a match here. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure Rhea Ripley is not going to be happy about it. No. Uh, but we'll find that out all next week on the Go Home Show of SummerSlam. So, Mikey, that is it for this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Thoughts, comments, questions, concerns. I love it. I love the way this ended. I love that Liv Morgan screwed Rhea Ripley over. Uh, I really like the rest of your card you had here. I like LLC getting a big victory uh, coming back against uh, Unlimited, mm-hmm. uh, as it were. I, li- I love <laughs> I Unlimited. Like Ro- I love this Roman Reigns and Goldberg feud. Uh, everything was great leading up to SummerSlam, and I'm so excited. I like Angel Garza's Manifest Destiny. Uh, mm-hmm. Manifesting Destiny. Uh, it, that was a good line. Uh, this is just a great raw building up to SummerSlam, but I can't wait to see what the go home show brings. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited to see what we got coming up uh, for the go home show. I'm excited for SummerSlam to to cap cap, cap it all off. That's the word. Cap it all yes. off at SummerSlam. I'm excited to see it finally. Me too. All right, before Mikey, we get to SmackDown. Let's actually talk about the Countout Network drive that's happening right now. Uh, very excited that we're doing this. Uh, very cool thing that I think we're doing. That we, you know, we're definitely doing doing this. It's it's the, that hang our hat moment and, and and you know come to you, come to your audience uh, to ask for some support. Uh, the Countout Network drive. It's a drive that we're running all the way until the twenty third of August. Uh, what it is is that we want you to subscribe a five dollar family membership. Your support is really what matters here. Your support helps drive us. It helps keep us artistically independent. It helps keep us 
um, financially secure, which is a huge thing because obviously podcasting takes a ton of time out of our days to mm-hmm. try to, you know, do this stuff. Uh, and we would greatly appreciate it. Um, uh, if you can come and become a $5 monthly member, part of the family, as it were. Yeah. Come, come, come be part of the Canada family. Your support is what got us. Well, your support is what got us here in the first place. And we appreciate you so much. Uh, and if you support and become a family member, you'll get not, not only will you get the honor of calling yourself a Canada family member, you will also, uh, get a bunch of exclusive audios that you will have forever. You get, uh, you get a link to an exclusive Dropbox for members only, or we have a ton of extra bonus content for you to check out. And that audio is great. Honestly, it's a lot. There's a lot of great stuff in there. (laughs) It's nonsense. Uh, We got a lot of fun stuff in there. Uh, Hit the death, which is uh, hit the hit the um, uh, hit the death, which is sort of a kind of a crossover thing uh, with Lauren Rosenberg of Your Dose of Death. He's booking his own fantasy um, uh, death match card. Uh, Take the books to the extreme. Exactly. Uh, we have Indie Waters. Mikey, you want to talk about Indie Waters? Indie Waters is where me and Zach Batista, the host of Independent Waters, uh, we are reviewing an Indie 500 race. So go check that out if you're into uh, indie, uh, if you're into like Formula One racing or if you like the Indie 500 at all. We also have the first ever episode of Happy Hour, which is the new show that's taking up yes. the spot after Hit the Books. So if you want to go listen to that exclusively, you can, of course... Uh, and on my personal favorite, Mikey, which we, you and I recorded actually last night, uh, by the time people are hearing this, it's been quite a while. It's already out. Fast foodies. <laughs> Fast foodies, my Fast dude. Fast foodies. What a show. What, what, what a show this is. Um, me and Ryan did something. The, uh, the dumbest audio that has ever been recorded in the history of mankind, probably. In the history of Hit the Books, for sure. Definitely. Hit the history of Count Out. Uh, definitely. It's, um... Yeah hilarious it's so good it was so good doing fast foodies uh and the theme of the episode i guess we'll say is that we were being mountain dew sommeliers uh (laughs) and pairing that with fast food if that intrigues you like it intrigued us uh it's very good it's actually way more informative of a show than i thought it was going to be yeah no i was not expecting it to be as actually helpful as it was but it was it it definitely had some useful information which i was not prepared for no it definitely caught us off guard but if you want to go listen to all of that and more again if you want to go head on over to countoutpod.com forward slash membership there you can join the Countout Drive and become a $5 monthly family member. Uh, you know, this money definitely helps up. It's split between, obviously, the network itself to pay for website costs and equipment and merch and all that jazz, but also the majority of which goes to uh, the podcasters themselves on that website, on countoutpod.com forward slash membership. Um, you can you, you tell us which shows, writers or whatever, you want the money to go to. Uh, you know, if you want you want to put money towards independent waters, you want to put money towards uh, Ring Post Radio, which is a new show. Uh, you want to put money towards uh, some of our writing staff. Totally up to you. You tell us you can donate to who, how, whoever and how many other people and podcasts you would like. Um, but that money is going to go to them. So obviously they would appreciate it because that helps pay for their own equipment, helps pay for their own research, like in, in, you know, network subscriptions and all that jazz. It helps pay for their rent and light, just general life. You know, that's the things that uh, we all need, obviously. So your support is definitely helpful. We all definitely appreciate it. Uh, and like we said, you can go check out some 
insane audio uh, exclusive to those family members. So again, thank you so much. Again, count out countoutpod.com forward slash membership. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. All right, back to the show. So over on SmackDown, we have the SmackDown Women's Champion opening up the show, Piper Niven, hey comes to the ring, grabs a mic, and she says, what happened last week is something I can't sit back and ignore. Shayna Baszler got the upper hand on me. I turned my back on her, and I almost lost my title because of it. So, Shayna, I want you to come out here right now so I can say what I need to say while looking you right in the eyes. Shayna Baszler saunters, Shayna Baszler saunters to the ring, joins Piper Niven. Baszler stares Niven down, and Niven gets up in Shayna's face and says, Last week you gave me the beatdown of a lifetime. Honestly, I'm still kind of sore. But you know what, Shayna? That pain, that soreness, the fact that I almost lost my SmackDown women's title, it's actually getting me excited. I'm excited because I haven't felt pain like that in a long, long time. Not since my days before WWE. Whenever And whenever I felt pain like I felt last week, it always drove me to work harder. Keep pushing. Because I know that when someone is able to put someone else through that kind of pain, the prize they're fighting for must be important. And the taste of victory will drown out any pain in the world. So Shayna... Like steel in the forge, the more you beat me up, the more punishment you put me through, the stronger I become. So, Shayna, I have one question for you. Do you still want to take me on at SummerSlam? Oof. Shayna responds and says, that's cute, Piper. You say you're hardening like steel in a forge, but you know what happens when steel takes on heat and punishment it can't handle? It melts. And Piper... I don't think you can ever be ready for the heat that I'm bringing at SummerSlam when I beat you and stand above you with my foot on your chest, raising that SmackDown Women's Championship above my head while the whole world watches. Hot damn. Piper, Piper we're not done yet. Oh my Piper God. Comes, <laughs> Piper comes back and she says, you want to talk about punishment? Oh, Shayna, what I have planned for you at SummerSlam goes beyond what you can ever imagine. Because Shayna, our match at SummerSlam is going to be extreme rules. Very nice. The crowd cheers, the two stare at each other, and Piper says, hope you can handle it, and winks at Shayna before leaving the ring. Very nice. So we got the SmackDown Women's Championship on the line in an extreme rules match. Niven and Baszler. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to look this up real quick. I believe there are the biggest stars on the. Um, yeah, they are the two biggest stars on the SmackDown brand. All right. You guess what number th- who number three and four are? Tony Storm and Bel Air. No, Roderick Strong, Kevin Owens. Oh yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, ne- next woman wrestler would be Charlotte Flair, uh, Sony Deville, Tony Storm, Bianca Blair. Nice. Very nice. No, yeah, yeah so, uh, the big uh, that's I would say in the in our universe, huge matchup. Yes, ginormous uh, match. This this was basically Piper Niven basically calling back to her old uh, her old roots. I'm taking inspiration from the Queen of Insanity match her and Kaylee Ray had. I believe it was in Riot Eve. Eve, yeah, I think so. Something one of those. Eve Riot Girls of Wrestling. That's why I said Riot. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was in it was in Eve. Uh, I think it was it was Kaylee Ray and Viper in a Queen of Insanity match, which is basically just like a death match. Yeah. Uh, and it was wild. So basically, I'm going. Piper's going back to her hardcore side here and taking on Shayna in Extreme Rules. Uh, I love it. I love it so much here. Uh, I think that's great. I think that's a great match. I, I'm very excited to see what Piper Niven can do here. What? Sorry, what Dewdrop can do here? <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> 
<laughs> after that, after that, op- that, that show opener, we have match number one. We have Sheamus with Roderick Strong taking on Rey Mysterio. And during the match, commentary mentions that Mysterio is taking on Strong's icy title gauntlet. Voo. Uh, icy title but, gauntlet, you say? Yes. The, you know, the, the challenge that Roger Strong put out where he's like, if you could beat Sheamus, if you could beat Thatcher, then you can come at me. Oh, you know? I see what you're saying. Not not a gauntlet match, but a, no, we're running the table here. Yeah, it's it's that challenge that he put out a, a couple weeks ago. Okay. Okay. It just 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 because they're in a feud with, uh, you know, the other three, it doesn't mean with Mastiff, Nakamura, and... Uh, Korea doesn't mean that this this challenge is still is, is closed, you know. So to 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 just be to really set set the table here, uh, you have to beat Seamus Thatcher. You have to beat both of them to then take on to take on Roderick Strong for the title. Yes, but in this match, Seamus gets the victory, uh, taking down Rey Mysterio. See you, Ray. Get out of yeah. here. That'd be a cool matchup, Ray Mysterio, Roderick Strong. Oh yeah, just, I'm sure it would. Just <laughs> never gonna happen. <laughs> I have other plans for SummerSlam, and it's not Rey Mysterio. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, after that, we have a ba- we have a backstage segment where we're in GM Page's office when someone knocks at the door, and it turns out to be Bianca Belair. She enters the office and says, Page, last week Tony Storm ruined my money in the bank cash-in, and I can't just let that slide. I want her in a match to prove that she can't mess with the EST and get away with it. Page says, Bianca, I completely understand where you're coming from, and I'm way ahead of you. I already made that match for later tonight. You versus Tony Storm, one-on-one. Bianca says, good. I'm going to make sure she knows who she's messing with, and next time, maybe she'll think twice before she sticks her head where it doesn't belong. She turns around to leave, but before she does, Tony Storm walks through the door and cuts her off. Mm -hmm. She meets Belair face-to-face, and she says, you think this isn't my business? You're the one who's butting in where you don't belong. Piper Niven is mine, and the fact that you even have that briefcase means you're standing in my way. So if I have to run through you to get to her then so be it. See you in that ring. Storm leaves and Bianca stares her down as the camera fades up. There we go. There we go. See ya. I like I like it. We finally get that, that match, Tony Storm, Bianca Belair. I'm interested to see uh, how that match goes tonight. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I really enjoy the, that feud that they're building here. Yes, me too. I like it a lot. Uh, after that, we have match number two, which is... Uh, Charlotte Flair with Natalia taking on Raw superstar Mandy Rose. What? Uh, with, of course, her tag team partner, Dana Brooke, and I'm assuming also who, uh, I'm second career, Angel Garza. Well, you're close. I mean, they're cousins? Brothers? <laughs> one of them. With, of course, Angel Garza also, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this one... United Mandy States Rose champion, Angel Garza. <laughs> United States champion, heavy air quotes, Angel Garza. Uh, Mandy Rose gets the victory over Charlotte Flair in this one. Oh, so we got Rose and Brooke both picking up the victory over Flair mm-hmm. and Natalia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe making an argument for a SummerSlam match. We'll mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Flair and Natalia aren't going to be happy about that. No. Uh, I'm interested. I'm very interested. Okay. Uh, next up, we have a video package, and it's Dave Mastiff. It, it's, from, it's from last week, and it's Dave Mastiff from Berto Carrillo and Chinsuke Nakamura standing together outside the arena after they uh after they had that ma- after Nakamura and uh Carrillo had their tag team match last week. And Mastiff says, "You can't you really just can't have a fair fight anymore, huh, Strong? What happened to you? I remember you used to fight people face to face and make sure it was a fight where the better man came out on top. I used to respect you as a competitor and as a friend. But since you won that title, it's gone to your head. 
You've been doing whatever you can to make sure that no one can even challenge you for that title. What's the matter? Afraid if you if you actually have to fight, you'll lose? Is that it? Has Roderick Strong, the man of integrity and class, gotten too afraid to actually have a match without needing his cronies to help? Wow. If you want to play it like that, if you want to play it that way, then fine. We'll come to your level. At SummerSlam, the three of us want to take on the three of you. A fair fight. However, that's not all. To make sure things stay as clean as a whistle, we propose an elimination match. If someone gets taken out, they head to the back and can't interfere anymore. If you want to take us out for good, now's your chance. But Strong, we promise it's going to be a war to do it. Okay. Okay. Elimination match. Yes. So Dave Mastiff, Humberto Carrillo, and Shinsuke are challenging Strong, uh, Thatcher, and Sheamus to an elimination match at SummerSlam. Three on three. Three on three. Six man. You know I love me some six man. Strong, Thatcher, and Sheamus. Let me write this down. Basically, we're taking the gimmicks from the other pay-per-views. We got Extreme Rules. We got Survivor Series. And we're just throwing them at SummerSlam. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. You should. You, hey, I, you, the show's ending, so you gotta Next get these got TLC and that Hell in a Cell. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, I mean, luckily we just did Hell in a Cell, right? So you got. <laughs> yeah. What do you? What do we have? We got Survivor Series, TLC, Extreme Rules. Um, it's weird that they're all gimmicks, but I don't remember any of them. <laughs> but what was the other team? It was Nakamura, Korea, and what was the other person? Master. Mastiff. Mastiff. That makes sense. You know, the one who started the whole thing? Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's fair. That that makes sense. Okay, what's next? After that, we have another match with Harry Smith uh, taking on Drake Maverick uh, with Harry Smith getting the victory. No! Cannot believe it. Harry Smith taking down the Maverick, Drake Maverick. Who, Who? Unbelievable. Yeah, who would have who would have seen it coming? Who would have seen it coming? Out of out of uh, every result that possibly could have happened, Harry Smith winning here, unbelievable. Who anyway? Could, who could believe <laughs> such a such an idea? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, next up we have a backstage interview with Kevin Owens about Cena's words last week. Owens looks right in the camera and says, "John, your legacy in WWE can't be denied." You've held so many titles here that if you beat me at SummerSlam, you'll break the record of the great nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! Mm -hmm. But John, to you, all this title is, is another notch in your belt. One more thing to hang on. One more thing to hang on the wall. To me, this title is everything. This title is my redemption story here in WWE. It means that my time as a professional wrestler has all been worth it. This Universal Championship is the most important thing to happen to me throughout my entire career. And if you think I'm going to let you, of all people, beat me for it, then you've got another thing coming. John, I'm, I'm going to be at the absolute peak of my game come SummerSlam. And I want to make sure that not only will I beat the great John Cena and retain my Universal Championship, I'm going to make sure that you never show your face around here again. Because Kevin Owens is going to be the man who retires John Cena. Bam, 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 bam. Retiring John Cena. I don't have anything. I don't have a. I don't have a bit. I don't have a bit there. John Cena's old. <laughs> Peacemaker. <laughs> Kevin Owens rules. That works. That's a. That'd be like a fun bit for someone to do. Uh, I love it. I love it. After that, we have match number four. We have Bianca Belair taking on Tony Storm in the semi-main. Uh, and during the match, Bianca gets Storm up for the KOD, 
and when she like picks her up, Storm accidentally kicks the referee. Mm-hmm. Uh, knocks knocks the referee out. Uh, then Bianca hits the KOD, pins Storm, gets that visual pinfall with the crowd going one, two, three, four. You know they're counting, but mm-hmm. the ref isn't up. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, the match continues. And while Bianca tries to get the ref back well, on their not, feet, not unfortunately, the match continues. Fortunately. Sorry, fortunately, the match continues. Well, ah, <laughs> uh, dang it, the match is. Unfortunately for Belair, the match yeah. continues because she had it won. That's fair. While Bianca tries to get the ref back on their feet, Storm grabs the Money in the Bank briefcase and hits Bianca Belair with it. And when she goes for the pin, the ref does come to, and Storm picks up the victory. After the match, Storm grabs the briefcase and leaves with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So, so we see Bianca Belair getting the visual pinfall over Storm here, but Storm does end up winning officially, and she steals the briefcase on top of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next up, we have a backstage interview with the New Day on why they put such an extreme stipulation on their tag team match tonight against Authentic. Big E, uh, as we know, they're taking on Authentic in a match, and if they win, they get a title shot at SummerSlam. If they lose, uh, they can never challenge for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships ever again. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, they're, they're questioning on why they, would, why they would make such stipulation, and Big E says, that's just how much those SmackDown Tag Team titles mean to us. No matter how many times we've won them, each reign is just as important as the last because each reign adds to the legacy of the New Day. We're going to be a tag team people remember no matter what we have to put on the line to do it. Tonight, when we beat Authentic and get a shot for those tag team titles at SummerSlam, we're going to make sure we take advantage of it and come out on top because New Day rocks. New Day rocks. And they just do that as they walk away. See. As they walk away to- toward the ring. See. Nuzzles. <laughs> Where's Reed Kevin Owens? Tire. Where's Kevin Owens when you need him? Yeah, right. Uh, so they make their way to the ring for the main event, which is the New Day taking on Authentic, and we all know the stipulation. If they win, to get the title shot. If they lose, they can never challenge again. Mm-hmm. And in this one, in Holy this match, here. Authentic wins. Really? Authentic gets the victory over the New Day. Authentic wins. The New Day are in the ring defeated. But Authentic grabs some mics and Gulak says, You know, congrats, New Day. Congrats. You two put up one hell of a fight. But when it came time to deliver, we just couldn't do it. Mm. You know what, though? We aren't bad guys, right? Benjamin, we are not bad guys. Since you gave us quite the battle and took us to the limit, we figured we'd give you... One last offer. Even though you didn't quite get there tonight, I think me and Benjamin both agree that you two still could have maybe a shot at the titles at SummerSlam. Benjamin chimes in and says, yeah, we can, you know, we can compromise. We have a little stipulation to add. That's all. Nothing too crazy. You said earlier you'd put anything on the line to be remembered as one of the best tag teams of all time, right? So we're, so... All we're proposing is that we put our SmackDown Tag Team titles on the line at SummerSlam against you, and all you have to put on the line is the New Day. If we beat you again at SummerSlam and you can't win these titles, the New Day is over. Gulak comes back and says, you want your last shot of greatness, all you gotta do is pay our small little price, because when we take you down again, not only will we retain our titles, will be the team that retired the Great New Day, and that is authentic. Do you accept our terms? 
Kofi grabs a mic, looks at Big E, and he says, those titles, our legacy, what New Day stands for, all mean so much to us. We've never backed down from any challenge, no matter what the stakes were. And if you think this is what's going to deter us, then you're crazier than I thought. So I could, so I think I could speak for, vo- for both of us when I say, you're on. See you at SummerSlam. And the two teams stare each other down as SmackDown comes to a close. Okay. Okay. Big, big time ending here uh, on the, uh, this program. On this program. So, mm-hmm. very nice. So, if I have it straight here, Mikey, basically booked a main event where New Day lose... Now, you're never allowed to challenge again, but Authentic is like, hey, you know what? One, You get one more shot. We're nice people. And then uh, all you have to do is, uh, you know, put up your uh, tag team on the line. Yeah, uh, all you got to do is, you know, put the New Day on the line. Very I was gonna say I was gonna say retire, but then I was like, no, Big E's still young. Kofi, like, sure, it would have worked for Kofi, but like, Big E's still got a whole career ahead of him. I don't want to do that yet. Yeah, no, it makes sense to break up the team, um, and then that because that puts heat on Authentic if they retain. Exactly. Um, you know, I feel like personally, Mikey, I feel like we should have had like, mm, that's tough though. I was gonna say like New Day, maybe being like. Next week, being like, no, we really want those shots. And they're like, what are you willing to put on it? And then they put their tag team on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because it's like they're putting the sacrifice down. Yeah. Um, But then you also kind of got the heat on... I, I wanted... So what I wanted was the heat on Authentic. And I wanted Authentic to even prove further that, you know, they're they're a pretty, pretty good tag team, you know? Like, they're not messing around here. Because really what they're, what's happening right now is that they're getting overly cocky. There's no reason for them exactly. to challenge New Day and put their titles on the line. Yes. I think that's, that I, that feels very authentic to me. Like, it feels like very much their tag team to me. Where they're like, they're getting a little too big for their britches, maybe. Like, they're like, hey, look, we won. And I'm sure we could do it again. So how about we be the ones to retire the New Day, you know? Yeah. The fr- bring an end to this tag team. Yeah. I think the frustrating thing for me about it is, like, it's like, you can never challenge for the titles again. Here's one more shot. <laughs> but you're right. It is, like, cockiness is what it is. It's that they're supremely yeah, cocky. That's what I was going for, is that it's cockiness. And that even though they were like, listen, you can't have another shot. They're like, ah. If it means we get, if it means we get to put the new day on the shelf, then I think we can do it. You know. Yeah. Or then I even think I would say that they know that they can do it or something along yeah. those lines. Uh, well, very nice. Uh, that that's I guess my besides that, that's my only concern. But otherwise, uh, I thought it was a solid show. Uh, you know, solid up and down card. I very much enjoy the Belair Storm. I very much enjoy your entire women's division here. I think Baszler and Niven is very interesting. I think Belair and Storm is very interesting. Obviously, I think Rose and Brooke and Flair and Natalia is very interesting. I think you have a very solid women's division at the moment uh, up and down the card. You have a lot of different stories happening, which I think is very good uh, yes. for the division here. So, yes, I, I'm greatly enjoying what I'm watching 
in the women's division. Um, and I'm also excited, excited to see what happens more. I mean, we got uh, the elimination six man. We got the women's title on the line. We got the universal championship we already knew about. And there's one more SmackDown match uh, for you, Mikey. So I'm interested to see what that's going to be. But we have the majority of our card, I think, uh, put together for SummerSlam. Uh, and all we have left is one more go-home show. We're, we're really winding down the, the days here, Mikey. Yes, we are. It's it's getting wild how close it's getting, huh? Yeah, kind of. It, it is very. It's it's sort of scary, I guess, in a way that like okay, but you know, I'm not I'm not nervous. You know, I'm I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for the future is what I am. Me too. Me too. Uh, but we're not done just yet, of course, um, because we have uh, next up. We have to hit the randomizer on each other. Um, so that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun, my dude, because we're now here. We're trying to, it's time now to hit the randomizer on each other. The randomizer, Mikey, can you explain to us what the randomizer is? No, I have no idea what the randomizer is. So <laughs> it's, it's been three years and I can't remember what the randomizer is. It just, no. Oh, so no. The randomizer, the randomizer is our list of a bunch of stuff that, uh, keeps our show realistic. It keeps us in checks from doing like wild things. Uh, it basically gives an air of reality to the show. We just randomize different results that could possibly happen to our cards, whether it be injuries, call-ups, uh, heel turns, face turns, title matches, title changes, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it just it just make, keeps us in check and adds a little bit of fun to the show. Yes, 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 yes. Definitely very exciting stuff here. Uh, so let us, because it's the retirement tour monkey, we're going to hit the randomizer on each other. We typically base it off of poll results, um, from our lovely fans. Um, but today as the retirement tour to keep things interesting, we're going to hit each other with these numbers. So let's do this, Mikey. Are you ready? Yes. I am currently rolling the randomizer as we speak. So I'm terrified as well. Cause I was also during the retirement tour we're we're making sure that like, we're not going to have repeats. So uh, there's a good chance we'll get some uh, interesting things. And already I got an interesting thing, Mikey. I also got a pretty interesting thing. Okay, I'm going to go first because I have to. Uh, double booked. Hit the randomizer oh, no. twice for two random actions. <gasps> Gasp. Yes, so I'm going to take double booked off the board. And I'm going to uh, now uh, hit you with two random actions. Mikey, what was your thing? Uh, for me, uh, well, I rolled a spin steal. Interesting. <laughs> so that means now I think you get to hit me with three random things. The other Booker steals your spin, Mikey. So you get to hit me. You get, you get you get to go unimpeded with this on two weeks from SummerSlam, and I have to get hit three <laughs> times. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this card is going to look so much different than what I had planned. Okay. Well, number one. <laughs> Let's go down the list. Number one. Fair trade. Fair trade. Raw and SmackDown must agree on a trade between superstars. <laughs> so be a huge trade, Mikey. A huge money-making trade here. Uh, because, you know, again... Not a lot of time left, but we'll see what happens. Mikey, uh, fair trade, because I am going to hit you with three things. Is there anyone uh, that you specifically are interested in? If you would like to look over. I mean, 
it doesn't matter as much now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Is there anyone in the PWI 500 that you're interested in nabbing? PWI 500. Uh, Again, we we have the, the PW 500, 500 is our ranking system. It's based on like record ranks and card placement percentages and who you've beaten and how, you know, the, you know, how good of someone you beat, if it's like an underdog victory or whatever. Um, these trays are typically plus or minus 15. Uh, so I have a name in mind uh, and I'm interested to see what. Do you want to pitch your name? Because I got nothing. Okay, I'll pitch my name. Finn Balor. You want Finn Balor? Yeah, why not? Uh, I actually don't mind that uh, that much. Uh, well, let's see who we can trade because there's a lot of people uh, that are above that. So above that is, let me see if I'm willing to get Finn Balor for the price that it costs Finn Balor. Uh, so 307. So that would be Sasha Banks or Keith Lee. And then 292 minus 15 would be uh, 277. So that would be Edge, Becky Lynch. Am I willing to try to get Finn Balor to get rid of? No, I can't do that. I literally can't do that or I lose a SummerSlam card. <laughs> I lose a match. So no, That's fair. So I don't want Finn Balor. I will say I am a little bit interested in Brandy Orton for sure, but you don't want to, I know you have rated RKO coming up, so you're probably not interested in that. No, I have, I have him in a SummerSlam match. <laughs> I'm not yes. getting, I don't want to get rid of him. Mm. Who, who, who do I want? Take what about, guy. what about Dominic Dijakovic? Dominic, ooh, a guy that I keep trying to do something with, but I can't. Well, keeps falling through. <laughs> Everything keeps falling apart. Okay, where is Dijakovic on this, this, this thing? Dijakovic, where are you, bud? All the way down here at 104, hanging out with Junior Mahal. Um, let's see. So 104 plus 15 is 119. So that means uh, my options here are Montez Ford, uh, Angelo Dawkins. It actually might be the tag team of Street Profits for Dijakovic. Uh, what did I say? 119. Uh, mm-hmm. Eric Ivar is 123. Eric is... 119, 121. Okay, that's right outside my price range. So we got Street Profits, Big E, King Corbin. King Corbin, hot commodity. (laughs) Uh, And then below 104, so what's 104 minus 15? Um, It's 89. So 89, that would be Humberto Carrillo, Elias, uh, and that's it. Hmm. Hmm. Let me look at. Let me let me see. Check something. Let me check something real quick. I think I have something in mind. I think I have something okay. in mind, Mikey. I'm gonna ask I'm you. In, see if I'm you're no. See if you're okay with it. I would like Street Profits in exchange <gasps> for Dijakovic. You know what? I think I'm willing to take that trade. There we go. Fair trade enacted. Uh, Street Profits are now a Raw tag team. Dijakovic, get off my goddamn roster. Uh, why do I have two Dijakovics on my thing? Um, Dijakovic, get off my roster. He's joining SmackDown. This man's chock full of heels over here. Oh my god. 
There you go, Mikey. Okay, that was number one. Mikey, are you, are you ready for number two? Uh, yeah. I guess that's all ever be. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> can you be ready for number two? Here we go. Let's find out. Is he s- spin the dice? All right, spin the dice. Yes. We got a face turn. A face turn? Heel superstar must turn face. Ugh. All right. All right. Oh, man. This is a toughie. Yes. Well, you have a lot of heels on your men's team, so turn one of them face and you can help yourself out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I would recommend don't turn a heel tag team. No. God, no. You only got two. Only got two. Um, Who are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking... You can start brand new with Dijakovic. <laughs> no, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start... I'm gonna, let's start babyface Kyle O'Reilly, Rod. Yeah, cool Kyle. Cool Kyle. Babyface Kyle O'Reilly. Let's do it. Yeah, there we go. Cool Kyle. Heading on over... Uh, I'll let you do that. Uh, heading on over to the face side uh, of SmackDown. Cool Kyle. Hey, I mean... They gotta do something. Bobby Fish is gone, so they gotta do something with Cool Kyle. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you, you gotta do something with Cool Kyle. Hey, man. You always when in doubt, Cool Kyle it out. <laughs> and finally, Mikey, we're getting we're getting all of the multipliers out of the way here. So I think it's maybe a good idea to do it. Uh, I feel bad. This is technically this is this is technically your steel spin or my steel spin, but I'm feeling bad. Apparently, the randomizer feels bad. Double spin. Both bookers now spin. <laughs> We're getting all of the multipliers off the board. All right, so I do. I do. At the end of the day, it turns out I do get a spin on you. Yes, yes, you do. So good luck, sir. Uh, let's find out uh, what is going to happen to us today. Um, okay, I have my result that I finally get to hit you with something at least. <laughs> yes, I have mine as well. What is yours, sir? I I have for you. Reorder the entire card. Okay. I have for you. Card subject to change. Replace an entire match. God damn it. <sighs> all right. All right. Fine. <laughs> you know what? You know what? It's going to be Kyle O'Reilly taking on uh, King Corbin. Do Dijakovic, for God's sakes. Yeah, it's going to be Kyle O'Reilly taking on a heel Dijakovic, and Kyle O'Reilly's going to get the win. Uh, but he's going to do some face stuff and be face during it and cement his face turn. I don't know what that is. And it's going to replace Harry Smith Drake Maverick. How dare you replace Harry Smith Drake Maverick? Let's see. Let's reorder this gosh darn card. Um, I like the idea of this being here, 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 and then we got to get rid of this because this is now this. This will be the main event. Wait, no, that's a dumb main event. Johnny Gargano versus Otis. <laughs> that's a terrible main event. Really, it should be LLC versus Ali and Alexander. That should be the main event. Um, that's the match that everybody wants to see. Um, we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna do, uh, we're gonna do, we're gonna do deep, and then we do deep. So real quickly, Mikey, I'm putting my my card together together here. I'm re reformatting it, as it were moving some things around and now the new order of the card here mikey i have in front of me are you ready 
Yes. Opening of the show, no longer the main event, which is upsetting. No longer the main event. Uh, is the number one contenders match for the Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch Rhea Ripley, where Becky Lynch gets the victory. Bummer. What is the main event? Uh, I'll get there. Uh, next up, we have back, we got we next up is the Garza backstage segment, followed up with Brooke versus Natalia. Okay. Following that up with the Eva Marie segment, uh, then the interview with Jeff Hardy at the hospital. Uh, okay. After that, we have Gargano versus Otis, and then his post match interview following that. Then we have in our semi main, of course, the classic Drew McIntyre versus Shanky. And then nice. in our main event, it is LLC versus Ali and Alexander um, <laughs> for the Raw Tag Team SummerSlam qualifier. And then, of course, the main event segment is Roman Reigns and Goldberg contract signing. Very nice. Very nice. I like it. Yeah, really, really, to me, what it came down to here was, uh, uh, you know, the main event segment was either going to be the contract signing or Ripley or Lynch. Uh, and since I had to swap them, you know, that's what I did, just did. Uh, so there we go. A uh, ton of things off the randomizer now. Um, we have reordered the entire card. A bunch of the multipliers are gone. Uh, what did I just do? What did I call for you? Card subject to change, wherever that is. I can't find it anymore. There it is. Um, a b- literally a bunch of new things. Or a bunch of these things have now been uh, dismissed from it. We now have only 27 options left. We had like 33. We lost like six or seven options um, uh, from the randomizer. So that's a lot. Yeah, no, that's a lot. We have still 27 left. And obviously, I don't think there's any more um, those sort of uh, um, things. But um, still a lot of stuff in here. Still uh, interested to see um what we're going to do with it all uh and i guess we'll find out we'll find out next week what those randomizer options are and then we got SummerSlam. so chances are not gonna be good my dude i mean how many injuries do we have left we have one two three um calling down four uh five six Six, seven, seven injuries, seven injury slots. So we have, there's a 30% chance we're going to roll the randomizer and have a injury card and we have to roll the, and we have to roll it four times. (laughs) Odds are we'll probably get an injury either next week or at SummerSlam. And that's terrifying. Yes. Next week is the more terrifying one. But if we can get through that, Mikey, we can get through SummerSlam and we can get through Hit the Books. Uh, So again, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of Hit the Books. We appreciate it so much. Uh, So uh, without further ado, Mikey, anything to plug? Yeah, go check out Independent Waters every Wednesday here on the Canon Network, where me and Zach Matisse take you through the independent wrestling scene. Uh, If you're new to independent wrestling or if you're an franchise fan, I think you'll like the show because it, it... whether it's introducing you to new matches or getting a new take on some matches you may have already seen, uh, you'll be a fan of the show. So go subscribe over there, uh, over, you know, on the count out feed and on our own uh, individual feed and give us that five star review over on Apple pod or whatever they call it now. <laughs> oh yeah. The Apple podcast app. Cause they, they, they took everything out from each other. So now it's its own separate thing. Um, 
Very frustrating. Uh, yes. I, get, I have a new show on the Countdown Network called Ring Post Radio. Uh, Ryan, what is Ring Post Radio? Uh, Ring Post Radio is a brand new show um, on the Countdown Network. It is me and my friend Scotty Edwards, um, where we, every single week, it's a new weekly show. Uh, it's the first one that's on the network and honestly very much needed. Uh, where we're just going to talk about weekly wrestling, weekly wrestling like news, uh, things that are happening, matches we like, you know, just what, you know, your typical podcast that most wrestling fans do, um, but uh, way better because our takes are definitely way better. That's not hyperbole. Um, we're just very knowledgeable. We've we watch a lot of wrestling from all over the world. So uh, definitely uh, would appreciate it if you go check out Ring Post Radio on the Cannot Network. If you can go subscribe and leave a review, we would greatly appreciate it. First episode's already up, and there'll be a new one on Sunday. So go definitely check that out when you can. We would appreciate it. Um, all right, that is it for this week's episode of Hit the Books. Uh, we love you all so much, but we only got two words for you. Book it. This has been a Countout Podcast.